0: Marissa Norcross,
1: and I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you?
0: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm good, thank you.
0: Oh, you didn't want to outdo me?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I deferred.
0: I, I went a step down from like wonderful <laughs> or fantastic.
1: Because <laughs> it's been a long, we're doing, we're recording it's, late in the week, and yeah, it has been it's been a long week. Mm-hmm. But you know what, the days are longer which gives us nicer evenings. The weather has been wonderful. Mm-hmm. Spring has sprung. I look out in the garden, and every day there's more green coming up through. I can't yep. wait for all the tulips and the daffodils to be blooming. Mm-hmm. So what was your thought when you saw my title, A Ticking Time Bomb?
0: See, I've learned to anticipate your questions. <laughs> um, and I had, I had no expectations. <laughs> I was I was definitely surprised by the title and the content. But it makes
1: yeah, sense. It, it does. You know, so I was um I have a leadership devotional kind of thing, I guess you'd call it. Mhm. Um so every day there's a leadership principle. And um one day I I read this statement that really shocked me. It says you can only lead people whose leadership abilities are less than yours. And and my first thought was well, how arrogant. Right. I mean, are you really going to say that everybody that works for me isn't as good as me? That's really what I'm seeing here. And, but that's really not what was said. What was really said was you can't lead people. That doesn't mean they're not good. It doesn't mean they're not gifted. It doesn't mean they aren't amazing employees. But it was really focusing on the fact that people aren't going to stick around
2: mm-hmm.
1: if you're not a good leader and the best and the brightest those folks that have this aptitude for leadership will leave if they sense the fact that you aren't able to take them in the organization to the next level now um the the other scenario we have here is that uh people don't leave companies they leave bosses mhm you know and and it's i have seen it over and over and over again that people leave bosses, they don't leave companies. And and companies better start looking at their turnover and try to figure out what's the cause and start looking in the mirror as to what might be the reason that some of these folks are leaving. And then I also, I remembered a statistic that I had from from when I did my Maxwell certification. And it was this, the Gallup survey that said 89% of millennials uh, claim professional growth, growth and career development are very important to them. So, then I kind of wondered, okay, what percentage of the workforce are millennials? And as of twenty twenty, half the workforce is made up of millennials. Mm-hmm. It's only going to get bigger.
0: We're coming for you.
1: <laughs> you're coming. You're coming to take us away, right? Never. <laughs> and so, if the reality is that that means that this majority, vast majority of my majority generational component in my organization is saying. I want to grow and I want to develop. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to take me on this journey, I'll go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So companies need to realize this, the seriousness of this, that literally you are saying, you are you, that's why I call it a ticking time bomb. If you don't address this issue, not only will you not attract people, but you won't keep people. And so the best, so what you're going to be stuck with are the people that don't want to grow. Don't want to develop and have no leadership abilities themselves that they're cultivating,
0: right? I mean, you're just kind of you know breeding complacency at that point, right?
1: And you are giving up your business Mm -hmm. because the other your competition, if they if they wake up to this, will have the best and the brightest, and will be continually growing and developing. So the good news is, we just need to stay ahead of the game. We just it. This awareness is the key and, and, and being able to make the right decisions early will save your business long term.
2: Mm-hmm. So I,
1: I put just a few things here in uh, bullet points, build and share, you know, build your own growth plan. Now, that's no surprise to anybody that's read anything I've written or listened to any of our podcasts that, you know, yes, I do obsess about things like growth plans and growth mm-hmm. because if you're not growing, you're dying. Yep. It's that simple because things are changing so fast that if we're not very nimble and growth minded, we're going to get passed by. But the other part is to share it. And I, I I just know that whenever I'm around people that are sharing with me what they're growing, I get inspired, how they're growing. I get inspired mm-hmm. when they share what they're learning. I get inspired.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But the one thing that, that we all need to realize is don't, focus on weaknesses focus on giftedness and i've said that multiple times before too so as a leader in your organization you need to ask yourself you know continually be checking where's my giftedness what am i really good at what am i better at than most people now that's not an arrogance thing that's an awareness statement and then how can i grow in that i i actually list, was listening to a podcast today as I was driving back and forth to the office. And um, it, was, it was the Maxwell Leadership Podcast. And, and John Maxwell actually said that he, he hired someone to listen to him speak and critique his speaking. hmm And he said he learned that from his dad, who used to pay John and his brother Larry 10 cents. for every grammatical error they could find when he was speaking. So, here's a man that was clearly, John, a gifted speaker, one of the, you know, one of the probably the best public speakers that I've ever heard, but that didn't happen by accident. Yes, he's a gifted speaker, but he continued to hone his craft so that he could be the best. Mm-hmm. So that's really what we what we as, as leaders need to do. And then share this with other people. Take people on the journey. Invite them on the journey with you so that they're learning while you're learning. The second thing was here was to be transparent. And, and I, I wrote here, you know, too many leaders are unwilling to seek unbiased feedback. And, and it's just, it's a, a sad, sad reality. So often I get brought into an organization and I'm told do 360s on these middle level managers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm saying, can we do a 360 on the owner? Can we do a 360 on the boss?
0: Right. Or at least start yeah. there, right?
1: Or at least start there. Mm-hmm. Right. But unfortunately, that it's rare. Now, there is one organization that I'm working with right now that has done more 360s than any organization I've worked with. Um, and I can tell. Uh, because the the newest project they have me doing is six um, plant level leaders throughout, literally throughout six different plants, I believe throughout the country is what it's sounding like. Um, And their boss started with his own 360 last fall. Mm -hmm. And he just said, you know, I had one done and they all participated. And I know I got a lot out of it. So I think they would as well. And then he said, and by the way, once we're done with this, let's take a look at maybe we roll it down to an even layer another layer in the organization.
2: hmm
0: Do you find that you know, so obviously, you know, we've we've talked many, many, many times about the 360 tool and and what you can get from that. And I think, you know, there's the main objectives of gathering candid feedback from your team members. Right. Um, but is there kind of like a, a secondary benefit? Like, have you noticed that once people are able to be transparent and share, that it breaks down some of the barriers or frees yes. up communication. Do you notice that? Yes.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm thinking of one situation where the 360 was, was, a, was a rough one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't bad, it, but it was a rough one. And But what happened was the individual really took to heart the feedback in the 360, Mm-hmm. And what they did was they, con- they shared that with their team and their team saw them making improvements based on the information they heard. And what's happened since then is the feedback has just continued. Mm-hmm. Because once, once a team member knows that their leader is really open to feedback and won't retaliate and continues to say, you know, hey, how am I doing? Mm-hmm. They're more open to say, "Can I just share something with you?" Right. I'm not sure you were aware of this, but this is something I noticed.
0: So, once the employee notices that the leader is on a path of growth, they too want to grow with them. Is what I'm exactly. hearing. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. You got it. it it's exactly mm-hmm. what they they want to take part in that journey. Mm-hmm. And something else that was very interesting that I I was on a coaching call this week. With, with this leader that, that had a bit of a challenge at the beginning, but really embraced it. Um, now the team not only values her, but appreciates everything she's doing. And, when she, and, and had, she had two employees this past week stop her and say, are you okay? You look really tired.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because there's this mutual valuing of each other. And that valuing began when the leader was willing to say, you know, Dave, I want you to go out and I want you to meet with these 10 people. And I want you to find out what they think of me, of various aspects of my leadership, my leadership, my communications, my strengths, what areas should I improve on those type of things. It's a powerful tool. So leaders, if, if you want your team to grow, if you want to attract the best, you better be transparent and you better be willing to say, Listen, I need somebody to find out what is the truth behind. Not what I think, but what's really there. The, the funny part is, like, I, some leaders, they just want to do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and they're like, no, why would, I, why would I give people a chance to take shots at me?
2: They're taking well, the shots reality, at
1: you
0: anyways.
1: <laughs> they're taking shots anyways. The only problem right now is you don't know it. Right. So the only person that doesn't know... The reality of the situation is the leader that's unwilling to do the 360. Mhm. So I just I encourage people do it. It's a, it is a freeing experience to hear what really is going on in the organization. And and you know, you don't need to hire, you don't need to spend money and hire people. I prefer if you do, but you don't have to. But you can do these things on your own. You can you can write up a simple set of questions and email it to people. In a Word document, have them fill it out and drop it off on your desk. It's the same thing. Right. But you better be willing to commit to the change. Mm -hmm. The third point that I had here was choose well. Choose who it is you're going to work with. And this is, am I talking about being very discriminating in your thought and your analysis? Yes. Yes. And what I'm saying is look for people who tend to have a giftedness in leading and and here's why if there's there's two kinds of leaders there's leaders who attract followers and there's leaders who attract leaders now the the reason why we want to and we can dig a little bit more into that in a minute, but the reason why you want to be a leader who attracts leaders is your impact is exponential in terms of opportunity because you can no one can work with a huge team of people you can work with a small group of leaders but if that small group of leaders that you're developing is working with others and maybe even the next layer of leaders coming up this becomes almost a logarithmic an exponential increase in your in your reach in your Mm -hmm. capacity for your organization so find those next emerging leaders and work with them. Let let me just give a couple differences. What are the differences between a leader who attracts followers? So a leader who attracts followers needs to be needed. They love to be the savior that rushes in at the last minute. And they seem to always want recognition. You know, it's, it's like, this is my team and look what I'm doing type of thing. They focus on people's weaknesses. Not people's strengths, and so what happens is they, they look at they look for anything that's being done wrong, and they try to get the person to correct that, rather than asking you know is this a an aptitude issue that's causing this person to not rise up to the level that we wanted them to, or is it, an, I don't care, is it an aptitude or an attitude? Mm-hmm. You know both start with a, but an aptitude is a skill set issue. Well, you know what? I just don't have the aptitude for this. So maybe they're in the wrong job. But it just seems that these these leaders who attract followers are always looking for people that are, you know, um, their project to trying to help type of thing. Um, and, and the result is, oh, and, and also they view their time as I'm spending time with someone. It's like this mindset that, no, do I have to sit with them again? I thought they would have gotten it by now. And they'll experience some success. Now, a leader who attracts leaders, they want to be succeeded. And I thought that was a great statement. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, leaders who attract leaders are saying, I need somebody to do my job so that I can move on to the next one. And if you think about just that mindset, that's opening the door for other people to say, I have a path of growth here. Because my, my boss really would say, she would love it if I could do her job. They want to reproduce themselves. They want to develop people that can do what they do. So again, so they can move on to other opportunities. And they focus on people's strengths. They're really good at finding the giftedness in people. Um, uh, Liz Wiseman would, would call those people, their genius makers. Mm-hmm. They look for people's native genius. And they view the time they spend with others as investing. In time in investing time with other people they really believe that the, that the time they spend with someone will be returned as a co- with compounding interest and what do they experience incredible success because they're not doing it alone they don't have a bunch of people following watching them do it they've got a bunch of people that they have unleashed their potential and they're really carrying it to the next level I, I made a couple other notes that I sent to you just so we'd, we'd have something to touch on here. So, you know, what do great leaders do? They identify up-and-coming leaders. And they find them and they and they identify them. Now,
2: <clears throat> that's really hard.
1: It's hard to find leaders because you have to know what to look for.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're looking for people that show initiative. And you're looking, and somebody says, well, you know, how can I, and I've, and I've heard this, you know, people have said to me in some of my classes, you know, how do I test if a person really has leadership abilities? I said, you look for it. Right. You know, when, when there's a project that needs to be led, do they do it or do they wait for somebody with a, a title to do it? You know, do they look for opportunity to just engage? And do they look for opportunities to come alongside somebody else and help them? Those are the little things you're looking for that would be this this leadership giftedness that's there. And, you know, you can see it. I remember listening to one person do a talk on, and this is a, a really tremendous leader uh, running an, an amazing organization. And he said, you know, I'm going to be honest. I, when I was, you know, like in third or fourth grade, I was already a leader. He says, just looking back, I was getting folks to do things. I was encouraging the team. I was so, it's there. Look for it. Um, you know, attract leaders. Invite them to the table. And, and, you know, we, the table is such a beautiful example. You know, what do we do at a table? We eat. You know, we, we spend time together. We talk. So, bring these people into the opportunity to be at the table with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, understand them. Connect with them. Find ways to motivate them. And and so once I've connected with them, now I know what what is it that inspires them. How can I really get them, you know, excited about something? Well, I know because I know them and and I find those opportunities for them. And then I love this one: equip them. This is giving them the tools. But equipping isn't enough. I need to empower them by giving them the opportunity. And it's interesting. There are leaders that don't want their people to do more than a certain amount. They're like threatened mm-hmm. if their people get too good, and it's you know. And I don't say that in a way of casting judgment. Um, I remember, and I shared this in a class that I taught recently, but I don't remember what class it was. Twice in my life, when I hired people, I I was worried they would be smarter than me. And I was president of a company at the time. And I'm like, looking back, I'm thinking, man, we better hope they were smarter than me. Because <laughs> I wasn't that bright. But it was like this insecurity piece in me as a new president saying, well, what, what if they're better than me? What if the owner finds out that these guys are better than me? Mm-hmm. Well, then the owner would probably say, Dave, really good hire. Can you do that again? You know, so yep. I understand when, when we don't want to go there. Uh, position them, team them up, you know, to multiply the impact. And then then we get to this point, and this kind of gets into our, um, our ladder conversation. Mentor them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Coach them to the next level. And then show them how to develop other leaders.
2: If we don't, we're in trouble because it's a ticking time bomb.
1: And it's only going to get worse. It's not going to get better and i just think that this you know when i read that statement it struck me and the more i reflected on it and the more i started thinking about organizations that i'm aware of it is a real critical problem that if we're not careful is going to explode
2: mhm
1: where some i did way too much talking here so what are some of your thoughts on this i think as, this, a, millennial.
0: as a millennial yes um you know i think this pairs well with our ladders conversation yeah um and it's funny you and i keep drawing parallels to that both on the podcast and off um but i i think that this applies in a lot of places not just in an organization but i'm thinking about um you know boards right yes. like i i'm on a nonprofit board and i think about um Oftentimes, you know, if you don't do this on a board where there are terms, yes. the, organiz- the organization could be in some serious trouble, right? right? Um I think about this at the education level, um, yes. you know, in, in public education, private education, higher education. Um, and I also think about it, you know, in families and and how we raise our kids and how we send them yeah. off into the world. Um, I think this is, this applies in, in a lot of places and it it is, it's really thought provoking to think about um, because it, most of us are leaders in some way, shape or form, whether right. it be at work or um, just as, you know, maybe you coach a sport as a volunteer or uh, are involved in a group at your kid's school, something like that. And it's really Eye-opening to, to ask yourself, you know, am I leading to attract followers or am I leading to attract leaders? Yes. Um, because oftentimes we might just think, well, I'm a leader. But we don't think about what type of right. leader we might be.
1: Exactly. What a great point. And there's so much need for, for great inspirational leadership that we better all be attracting leaders.
0: hmm and I think we can often, if we think about the leaders in our lives, we and we think about, you know, the ones that we were particularly connected to, I think that when you look at that, you're like, well, it's because they were leading to attract leaders. Right. And that's why they were, you know, so impactful in our lives.
1: Exactly. I I love that. And You know, because what happened was, they were leading to attract leaders, and it it really was magnetic almost. Right. We were drawn to them, and then they sensed that
0: mm-hmm.
1: and rewarded that.
0: Right. It's not like they had a sign that said, like, looking for leaders, apply here.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, it, it, and I, 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 I never thought of it that way, that, you know, we can actually be the proof of what this theory was because of where we went and what we did mm-hmm. and who was it that we decided to work with, who was it that we chose to go work for and what did they or work, you know, or sign up with in terms of, of like a board type of thing and then what, you know, how did it make us feel? What well, made us feel valued and where mm-hmm. did we not go because of it? Mm-hmm that's that's even even more telling, yeah, that's a really great point so i I really want to encourage you know everybody that's that's listening to this and those that read the post. what are you doing, and are you that person that people are going to want to work with and are the, and and take a look you know especially in organizations, you know what's our turnover rate-, mm-hmm. and who are we losing? and the people that we lost where did they go and you know it'd be interesting if you could look at the turnover of i i I'm going to make a statement although I have no way of verifying the facts but those companies with the lowest turnover are probably more successful mhm because they're attracting and keeping the best and the brightest and those that want to make a difference sobering topic but Really one that all of us need to think about. And I was, you know, I was glad that I read that and I've been pondering it. I actually read that on the 20th -hmm. and it has just been sticking with me ever since. So must be it was a lesson I needed to learn.
0: Thank you for sharing it with us.
1: My pleasure. And I have no (laughs) idea what we're talking about next week. That's okay. Something will come to me. I'm going to be (laughs) alone a bit this weekend because Mm -hmm. family members are have both doses of the vaccine and are traveling so. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just staying home, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have any interesting plans as spring has sprung or has sprung?
2: Um,
0: nothing yet. I think this okay. weekend, I this weekend we're going to um finalize our spring bucket list. I've kind of awesome. been gathering my inspiration and I need to just, you know, actually create the list now. So Good. Um it might it might end up being like a spring summer because in my mind those two things kinda of melt together. Uh um, Yeah, they
1: do. Yep.
0: In the best way possible. I, I sure I'm so excited about just see just seeing like green. My grass yes. looks a little bit greener every single yep. day and I am pleased as punch.
1: Good. And I do have to let all of our listeners know that during one of our meetings today, your daughters were singing Christmas. Eve. <laughs> Which I thought was <laughs> wonderful.
0: They did not get that from me.
1: <laughs> oh, so with that, I'm Dave Freund.
0: I'm Marissa Norcross.
1: And this was The Next Page.